Now it's about to get real, right? Say it's about to get real. Proudy to parents, but that sounds like another sermon series, right? I think God just changed the word I'm going to speak this morning. No? How many of you were here in the first service? How many of you enjoyed what you heard? How many of you guys are ready for some more? So the, the verses, the Bible verses uh, that I'm going to be used are the same, but they every time you read the word, you can get something different. Amen? Amen. I mentioned in the first service, uh, I was telling my wife when I was preparing for the sermon, I said, it's about to get real because I'm using a leather-bound Bible. And you guys say, what's the big deal? I haven't used a leather-bound Bible to speak from because with the world of iPads and iPhones and all that good stuff, so I decided to break it out. So, so something good is going to come today, amen? amen? Everybody say, something good. something good. Anytime you see one of these, when it makes that noise, that means something good is going to happen, Amen. Amen. Let's start with our quick word of prayer. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father God, I just thank you today, Lord God, that your word would go forth, that you'd give me grace, Lord God, that you'd speak through me, Father, not my words, but your words, Lord Jesus. We just thank you, Lord God, that today somebody will be touched and changed in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 So we talked about in the first service, we're going to do it again, is, and it's really uh, a word that anybody in any stage of their life can really get something out. Amen. Um, and we're going to talk about if you want to go up, you have to first go down, okay? Uh, even Jesus, Jesus taught us this, uh, taking the very nature of a servant, you know, to die on the cross for our sins. He was a king, but he had to first lay himself down, amen? So Jesus was the perfect example of that. And uh, we're going to also touch on, um, if you guys are taking notes, one sacrifice of Christ. Say, say one sacrifice. Okay, sometimes it takes us a lot of sacrifices. We've got to sacrifice a lot of things. But for Jesus, it's just one sacrifice. One sacrifice of Christ is sufficient for you today. Amen? Amen? If you're going to get something good, say amen. Because listen, it's not up to me if you're going to get something good. It's up to you. Okay? Because I'm just going to be reading the word. Okay? So I'm going to get something good because I'm reading the word of God. It's up to you to get something good. Amen? So I'd like to start with something funny. I shared it in the first service. I almost got stoned by a few ladies, but I'm going to do it again just because I think it's funny. And my wife, I'm sure, will not have food for me when I get home. But I'm going to say it anyways. So a funny story just to get us started. I had heard about a man who was walking on a beach speaking with God. And uh, God had said to him, you've been so faithful to me. Uh, ask whatever you, whatever you want, and I'll do it. And the man said, well, I've always wanted to visit Hawaii, but I'm afraid to fly. So if you could just build a bridge to Hawaii... That way I don't have to fly. That would be so much more. That, that's what I would want. That would be my wish. That's what I would want you to do for me, God. And so God said, listen, man, that's a, you got to think of all the, the things we'd have to get around. You have to think about all the logistics and the planning. That's a lot to do. What else would you like? And he said, okay, God, listen, I've been married four times. And I just, every woman I, I marry, I just can't get her. I can't understand her. I just can't understand a woman. So God, if you're not going to be able to build a bridge, can you at least me, help me to understand women? And God said, on that bridge, do you want four lanes or two lanes? Wow. That's why I'm picking up food for myself on the way home today. Right? Uh, no, it goes the other way. It's usually the guys, but, you know, since I'm the, all, all in full. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be downstairs getting chili dogs. So save me some. Just a funny story. Uh, Let's, before we get started, guys, we're, uh, again, the, a key to spiritual growth, how many of you guys want to grow spiritually? 
Okay? A key to spiritual growth is you don't skip dessert. Okay? And it's really, when you win a battle, when you conquer something, you got to really take that next step and you want to really get that dessert. So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you don't look like you have skipped dessert all week. Spiritually. No, spiritual dessert. Remember, guys. We're talking spiritual dessert. Listen, because God, God's word, listen, God's word is food for us. Amen? This is my dessert. Amen? So look at your neighbor. Say, you don't look like you've skipped spiritual dessert all week long. Amen? All right. Some people are getting angry. Spouses getting mad. Spiritual, guys. Stay with me here. Spiritual. All right, hold up your Bibles if you got your Bibles and repeat this after me. It's going to be on the screen. A declaration for our word. And uh, again, we're going to be going through a lot of scriptures today. So just follow along. Some will be on the screens. Um, we're about to go through about 10 scriptures right here real quick. You guys got your seatbelts? You guys ready? Say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am going where it says I will go. That right there should get you through the rest of the week. Amen? Amen? God's word is milk for my soul. God's word is seed for my faith. God's word is light for my path. God's word is power for my victory. God's word is freedom for my life. Look at your neighbor say, my life. Now look at your other neighbor say, your life. When I read God's word, it brings me joy. When I study God's word, it keeps me from shame. When I memorize God's word, it purifies my heart. When I quote God's word, it defeats my enemies. When I meditate on God's word, it brings me success. And when I abide in God's word, it gives me confidence. Now, before we begin, I want everybody to say this. Say, I am a Bible-believing follower of Christ. Is that good? You guys ready to go home? All right. We at church? All right. God is good. Everybody say, God is good. All the time and all the time. See, I wasn't even ready for that, but you guys were, right? Take your Bibles and flip them over to the book of Ezra. Some of you have maybe never been there before. It's a hidden book in the Bible, book of Ezra, about in the middle of your pages. Ezra chapter 3, verse 10. We're talking about one sacrifice. Guys, say one sacrifice. One sacrifice of Christ is sufficient for whatever you're going through. Okay? Today, whatever you've been through, whatever you go through, whatever you see in your future, say one sacrifice. One sacrifice of Christ is sufficient for you. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read some verses. I'm going to read a lot of verses, and then I'm going to talk about some biblical characters who have seen that one, just one, sacrifice was sufficient for them. Amen? Amen. Ezra chapter 3, verse 10. Now, when the builders had laid the foundation... Say the foundation. Now hold up your Bibles. If you don't know where your foundation is, you find it in the Word, okay? So that's just a free tip for you. That wasn't part of the sermon, okay? 
Ezra chapter 3, verse 10. Now when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple for the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the directions of King David of Israel. They sang, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, For he is good. Say, he is good. If you believe that, say amen. amen. For he is good, and his loving kindness is upon Israel forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. How many of you are glad today that we are in the house of the Lord, and that your foundation is not found in your money, in your government, in where you live, and where you belong, but it's found in the word of God. Amen? Amen. Our greatest need is forgiveness. How many of you would say amen to that? Okay. Your greatest need, our greatest need as humans, our greatest need as beings is to be forgiven. And that's why, and when I say this, we're going to do this throughout the, throughout the sermon today, when I say, because God sent, and you're going to say God sent a Savior. Okay? So, God sent? Okay. Our greatest need is forgiveness. Try it again. Let's, let's warm up. Our greatest need is forgiveness. One more time. Our greatest need is forgiveness. All right, if, you're, if your neighbor's having trouble, just walk them through it. For God sent a Savior. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who have lived in a land of deep shadows, a sunburst of light. You repopulated the nation. You expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad to be in your presence, oh God. The boots of the invading troops, along with the men, shirts soaked with innocent blood, will be piled up and heaped and burned, a fire that will burn for days. But, everybody say but. For a child has been born for us. The gift of a son. He'll take over the running of this world. How many of you guys know we're talking presidential elections right now? We do not, we do not need a human to be running our world. We need God to be running our world. Amen? Amen. And his name will be. Say it. Say his name will be. Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits. Say no limits. How many of you guys are ready to have no limits in your faith? No limits in your life of Christ? No limits in your walk? No limits in what the enemy would come against you that you have no limits on how far God can take you. Amen? His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness that he brings. He'll rule from historic David's, historic, excuse me, He'll rule from historic David's throne over the promised kingdom. He'll put the kingdom on a firm footing and keep it with a fair dealing and right living. Beginning now and lasting always, the zeal of God, the angel of God's armies. That's in the book of Isaiah. Okay? Isaiah chapter 9. Flip over to Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. When you get there, say, I'm there. Philippians chapter 2. It's going to be on the screen as well. Philippians chapter 2. We got somebody there saying, man, we're going to give you a second to get there. Is it up on the screens too? Since everybody's there? So everybody's really there. Say, I'm there. All right, Philippians chapter 2. Now, uh, I shared this in the first uh, service. The heading on my, on my Bible, you know, you got little, different little bold prints that they put in there. And mine actually says, be like Christ. And what better verse to read when you're needing something to read a verse in Scripture that says how to be like Christ. Amen? Right. Amen. If you want to know how to live, you want to live, you got to be like Christ. Right? Be like Christ. Chapter 2, verse 5. Have this attitude in yourselves, 
was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. Say humbled. How many of you have ever been humbled by God? Not fun, right? But necessary. He humbled himself by becoming obedient, even obedience to the point of death, even death on a cross. How many of you are thankful that it was him and not us? How many of you are thankful that he was obedient so we could be obedient? Amen? For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So at that name of Jesus, every knee, say every knee. Look at your neighbor, say both knees. Both knees. Every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So then, my beloved, say I am God's beloved. Okay, we're talking about you here. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as much in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, do this. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But he said, amen. amen. So we're going to jump over to Philippians chapter 3. And just like that heading in my Bible here said, be like Christ, this heading says the goal of life. How many of you would like to know right now, if I could tell you this secret, here is the goal of life. Who would say, I want to know what that is? If you don't want to know, that's fine. If I say, I got the goal of life, I know what it is, I'm going to tell you. If you want it, raise your hand. Go ahead and raise your hand up. Okay, perfect, because I'm just going to read you more scripture. Okay? The goal of life. Here's what it says. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. How many of you in here can say that I've lost something for the sake of Christ? I've, lost, I've had to give something up. I've had to put something down because I choose to serve Christ. Amen? Or a person. Person, place, thing. It could be any of those, right? It could be a lot of things. But we count it all as loss for the sake of Christ. We didn't just count it a loss because we felt like God said don't do it. We counted it a loss because it's for the sake of Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Verse 8. And I am reading out of the NASB. I think the message is up there because that's what I prefer, but you can follow along in, uh, on the screen or whatever. Uh, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them all rubbish so that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, and I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from law, but that which is the faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. We're going to talk about faith today a little bit. We're going to talk about how much faith it would take a little bit later. We're going to talk about put yourself in the position of the thief on the cross. How much faith would it take for that thief who's never seen Jesus do anything to have the faith to give his heart to Christ while dying next to a human? Put yourself in that position. Think about that. Think about how much faith it would take. How many of you have seen God move in a miraculous way at some point in your life? Imagine a thief on the cross who's dying next to a human who's never seen anything. Trust and faith and put his, put his life in, in Christ Jesus. Amen? Verse 11, in order that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Let me jump back up to verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it. Look at your neighbor said, I don't got it yet. 
but I'm going to get it. Or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold for that which I lay hold by Christ Jesus. Verse 13, brethren, sisterin, kids, whoever else, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but the one thing I do know, and here's your, here's your key to this. Here's your key. Here's the principle. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you want to say, what is the goal of life? How do I got to be like Christ? What do I got to do? Here's what you got to do. It's pretty simple. Okay? Here's pretty simple. Forget what lies behind and reach toward what lies ahead. Pretty simple key, right? Oh, well, how do I do it? You have to forget what's in the past, and you have to look forward to the future that God has for you. Amen? Well, I'm 105 years old. What do I got to look forward to? You got tomorrow. You got today. Look forward to that. I'm only seven or eight years old. I don't have a, I don't have a past. Yes, you do. Everybody's got a past, right? doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter where you come from. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And if you like that verse and you think it's good, say amen. Amen. I love Philippians. It's a good verse. Philippians chapter 3, that whole, that whole section there, if you've got more time later on, go back and read the whole book of Philippians. It's not a long book, but you'll get a lot of good things out of it. Flip over to Hebrews chapter 9, and I'm sure we'll have it on the screen. Hebrews chapter 9. Again, if you get nothing else, just realize that one sacrifice, one sacrifice is all that we needed. One sacrifice from Christ was sufficient. One sacrifice. In the Old Testament, every time there was a sin, every time there was a transgression, you had to sacrifice a live animal, a goat, a, a pig, a cat, something, I don't know. But you had to sacrifice something. You had to shed blood. There had to be a shedding of blood for sacrifice. But I say, but God. But God. He sent a Savior. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16. One sacrifice of Christ is sufficient. Verse 16. For where a covenant is, there must, of necessity, be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead, for it is never in force while the one who made it lives. Why did Jesus have to die? Right? To make our covenant. Amen? For the forgiveness of sins. Verse 18, therefore, in the first covenant was not inaugurated without the shedding of blood. For when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with soap and scarlet wool and sprinkled, the, uh, sprinkled them both on the hook, uh, excuse me, sprinkled both by the book itself and said to the people, this is the blood of the covenant, which is which God commanded to you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry with the blood. Verse 22, and according to the law, one may also say that all things, everybody say all things. All things are cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So everybody say all things. How many feel like you got a lot of things in your life that you need forgiveness from? Okay, God's blood covers it all. How many of you may know somebody that's got all things in their life that need to be covered? Amen? God's blood can cover it all. Amen? Verse 23, let me read that through. Therefore, it was necessary for the copies of these things in the heavens to be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Everybody say, so God sent a Savior. So I'm going to read through a couple, Bible, uh, a couple of biblical characters here and show you why God sent a Savior, what he did through their lives. And listen, it's the same for you. Just as for me or Pastor Josh or Pastor Joy or somebody else you know, uh, it's really easy for us as Christians to say, I can see God sent a Savior 
for my brother or for my sister or for this person over there. But what about me? Can you see that in your own life? Amen? Let's talk about a few people that had to go down to go up. Okay? Everybody, anybody ever been there having to go down to go up? Amen. Sounds backwards, not fun, but sometimes it's necessary. Amen? Amen? In the beginning, when God created man, he made perfection. And in loving his creation, he fashioned them as mirrors to reflect his image and his glory. But man chose to bow a knee to greed and bought into a counterfeit story. This was shattered by the sad exchange of life for death. His precious creation was lost in sin. His heart was broken. He desired to redeem and bring them back again. Everybody say, so God sent a Savior. Talk about Moses. Anybody ever read the story of Moses? I talked about this last service. Listen, I'm, I'm saying if you've read the story of Moses or heard the story of Moses, VeggieTales does count. So if you've seen VeggieTales or any of these biblical characters, you, you, you know, okay? So now let me ask again, how many of you have seen or heard the story of Moses? There's a few VeggieTale hands. Okay, perfect. There we go. Talking in the life of Moses, God said, I need a deliverer, a man to deliver my children out of bondage, to stand confidently before the enemy and profess that I am. Say, I am. I am, I am has sent him to declare freedom, to be more than just a prince of Egypt, but, a, but to serve the prince of peace. God said to him, I need a liberator to break down every wall, every chain, and every evil thing that has kept my children enslaved. How many of you would say that you're ready to see those walls, those chains broken in yours and your family's life? They say amen. 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 To uh, jump back up here. To set my captive children free by taking their oppression and depression and nailing it to a tree. God said, I need a man who, when the enemy is closing in, will see dry ground clear through the sea of fear and who won't just stretch out a staff but will reach out with nail pierced hands so God sent a savior let's try that one more time so God sent a savior amen story of King David we all know about David and Goliath we all know about everything that he went through but when God's talking about David he said I need just a king a man who comes from humble beginnings humble beginnings anybody else out there Anybody else come from humble beginnings? I might be alone or no? No? A man who comes from humble beginnings, a strong shepherd who will guard and guide my sheep and to chase down the one who has run away and gone astray. Again, we're talking about people maybe in your life that have run away or gone astray that you care about, people that you've been praying about, people that you've been uh, really even just getting down on your hands and knees and, and begging God, bring them back. Anybody have one of those in their life? Amen? And to chase down the one who has run away or gone astray, God said, when the cowards around him have been stricken with fear and are caught trembling in their tracks, I need someone steady on their feet who refuse to give fear to or give fear the room or even a chance. I need a warrior with a heart after my own to swiftly take down every giant in their way to re reply boldly that my kingdom is everlasting and it's here to stay. God said this, I need a man to be a king of kings and lord of all, to wear more than an earthly crown, but even one of bloody thorns for all those who, of us who would fall. So God sent a savior. Amen? Any of these stories touching, these are all Bible stories. These are all biblical stories. This is what God has done for you. Say, God did these for me. Story of Daniel. 
God said to Daniel, I need an overcomer. How many of you in here know that you, need, you are more than an overcomer through Christ? Amen? How many of you say, I've been through some stuff? Say, I've been through some stuff. Say, I've been through some stuff this week. Anybody been through some stuff this week? So preaching now, there we go. It's this week, right? Daniel said, I need an overcomer, a man who declares my excellency in the face of persecution. Someone dedicated to my call who refuses to pray to anyone but me and will pray passionate prayers and sweat just like Jesus did with his blood sweating in gardens of Gethsemane. God said when the enemy appears powerful and ferocious, because sometimes the enemy will, right? As Christians, sometimes we think that, you know, God is bigger. We, we hear those veggie tale songs, God is bigger than the enemy. Yeah, but sometimes the enemy looks real, right? Sometimes the enemy looks ferocious. Everybody say, but God sent a savior. Amen. When the enemy appears powerful and ferocious, this man will know that nothing can stand against God's love and his devotion. I need a man to walk in my favor and bring life to the dreams of my children and to shut the mouth of every enemy and make even the fiercest of lions appear cowardly. God said, I need a man who won't be timid or feeble, but be compelling character and integrity and to put my dedication on display. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to put his dedication, his love on display for all to see. Amen. That's what we're called to be. To put my dedication on display for all to see and turn even the hardest of heathen hearts back to God. And he said, so God sent the Savior. Amen. Ruth. How many of you guys have read the story of Ruth? An awesome, awesome woman of God. An awesome woman of God. God said, I need a redeemer. Someone who in this wicked world will change my children's direction and go against the grain. A strong man who is willing to stand up and reclaim my children's name. I'm sending a man who never needs, but always offers a second chance. How many here need a second chance today? Amen. My hand is raised. I need a second chance every day. Amen. A strong man who's willing to stand up and reclaim my children's name. I'm sending a man who never needs, but always offers a second chance. Someone who lets the past be the past. Say amen. And proves to my children that it cannot and should not hold them back. God said, I need a man to tell them that the blood coursing through their veins is royalty. Good news? You guys want good news today? Who wants good news? Raise your hand if you want good news. Okay, I got good news for you. Everybody that's in here right now, if you call yourself a son or daughter of Christ, you are royalty. Say amen. Okay? It doesn't matter if you're from South and Broadway, if you're from the east side, south side, from Waco, Texas. It doesn't matter where you're from. If you're a son or daughter of Christ, you're royalty. Amen? I don't, that's the first city that came on my head. I don't know. Anybody from Waco, Texas? Good. Okay. There's not many of them. I've, I've been there a couple times. Okay. God said, I need a man to tell them that the blood coursing through their veins is royalty, that they are not inferior or insignificant, but they are crowned and worth with worth and dignity. That they are loved with an eternal love that no matter the mess that you are in, to show them that they don't have to live off corner field scraps and stand to the side. God is your provider. Say, God is my provider. The story of Samson. If you guys want to know what Samson looks like, he looks like me with long hair and taller. Okay? Right? I said, I said in the first, I think I said in the first service, he said he, he looks like me, but like, like Pastor Josh. So, 
When you say somebody looks like you but really looks like somebody else, you're just trying to get a compliment, okay? So, Samson, God said, I need a warrior. How many prayer warriors do we have in here today? Just, just three of you? That's, maybe that's a problem. Listen, it's okay. It's okay to shout. It's okay to clap. It's okay to, it's okay to say amen. If you feel this is good, and if you feel you're one of those warriors, say amen. amen. Okay. God said, I need a warrior. Talking about Samson, a man who won't be seduced or allured into a life of comfort by the enemy, charming schemes or devices that will show my ways and will always be the wisest of choices. Someone who will be tempted in all ways but will never sin. It's possible, guys. Say it's possible. It's possible. You say, but I can't. You don't know the, you don't know the temptations that I go through. It doesn't matter. God said it's possible. So you don't know who my family is. You don't know where I live. You don't know my surroundings. It doesn't matter. Someone who will be tempted in all ways but never sin. Strong enough to conquer death, even a fatal one. A man of sheer brawn, resilience, and power found in me. His life to declare that I have a bigger, better plan that anyone could see. God said, I need a man who won't be defined by his visual looks or the length of his hair, but will be renowned for the veil that he's come to tear. Amen? I need someone to show mercy that is needed even to the strongest of men. That walking by faith and having no sight go hand in hand. How many of you felt like you've been walking blindly before? And you've been begging Jesus, please just, just hold my hand and get me to the other side. Amen? That walking by faith and having no sight, they go hand in hand. Someone to show my children that they don't war against flesh or blood. But in him they are more than conquerors, always triumphant and victorious. God said, I need someone hardly enough, excuse me, I need someone hardy enough to lift up the heaviest of pillars and to tear down the, the deceitful pillars and give them a new start. Someone to provide all their needs when they thirst and are hungry, who in their weakness will be made strong. But God said, I'm sending someone to remind you that they, can walk, they cannot walk in their purpose without walking alongside God. And this man's sacrifice is only one that can truly set him free. And that's why God sent a Savior. Yeah. Amen. How many of you got glad that God sent a Savior? Amen. Right? Last character we're going to talk about here, Mary, the mother of Jesus. God said, I need a perfect son, a man who will come to bring life abundantly, who will affirm that my ways are to be honored because they are filled with favor for those who faithfully follow me. This man won't deny, but he will overcome reality, whose unfailing response will always be, be it unto me. God said, I need him to have a deeper understanding of what it means to see amazing things happen through the miraculous and the impossible. How many people need something miraculous or something that looks impossible to happen in your life this week? Amen? Or today? To show that my love can never change, for that it, for that means it could be better. But reveal that my constant love and tender mercies are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? How many of you guys are glad that God's mercies never change? That God's mercies are, are new every morning. Amen? If you don't need God's mercies, you can share them with me because I need more. Okay? When people are gossiping and gasping because they are trusting lies, this man will show the way, the truth, the life for all those who believe. And his response will be, no one comes to the Father except through me. This man will repeatedly rejoice in my rewarding will and will show my children when to speak and when to listen and when to be still. 
Okay? That's a hard one for some people. We'll stop right there. This man will repeatedly rejoice in, the, in my rewarding will and will show my children, say, I'm a, ch I'm a child of God. If you're a child of God, raise your hand. Okay? I just want to see how many we got here. Okay? I'm a child of God. He's going to show us when to speak, when to listen, and when to be still. Two of the three of those are pretty simple. Right? Anybody have, anybody have all three down? Okay. You're not alone. You're not alone. Show us when to speak. Pretty easy. When to listen. Most of us are pretty good listeners, but we always have a problem with being still. Right? Anybody else have a problem here being still? Anybody know somebody that's got a problem being still? Right? Your wife. <laughs> this man will repeatedly rejoice in this. Will know when to listen, when to speak, and when to be still. He will expect me to always mightily move, but knowing my plans are perfect, but knowing God's plans are perfect, refuse to limit the way you desire or choose. Guys, one sacrifice of Christ was sufficient enough for all these, all these characters in the Bible. One sacrifice of Christ. It just took one time, right? One time. I would say one time. If you have your Bibles, uh, switch over to, I say switch because I'm thinking of iPad. Flip or switch, whichever way you're doing it, okay? I'm doing both. So Luke chapter 23, verse 33. We just have a couple minutes here. couple minutes here. How many of you guys got is speaking to you about something? It may not be what I'm saying, but he's speaking to you about something, amen? And that's okay. Listen, as long as, as long as God is speaking to you, it doesn't have to be with what I'm saying. It's got to be through his word. Amen? Amen? One sacrifice of Christ is sufficient for you. One sacrifice. Luke chapter 23, verse 33. The crucifixion. Again, talking how much faith would it take? Where did God have to go? God had to go down to go up, to be exalted, right? Sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to be willing for God to take us to a lower level to then exalt us to where we need to be. Verse 33, the crucifixion. When they came to the place called the skull, I mean, it just sounds scary. It just doesn't sound good. Nothing good happens at the skull. I can tell you that. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right, and one on the left. How many of you have done something in your life where you could be thought of as a criminal? Right? Could have been me. Could have been you. One on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by, looking on, and even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. So the soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Can you guys see it? Right? Now there was an inscription above him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanging there was hurling abuse at him, saying, are you not the Christ? Then save yourself and save us. But the other answered and was rebuking him, saying, do you not even fear God? God doesn't always save us in the time that we think we need saved, right? God sometimes has to let us hit rock bottom to then exalt us to the highest place, to give us our full fulfillment in him. 
But the other answered him and rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Verse 41, And when we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. How many of you guys are thankful that we have somebody that has done nothing wrong for us? Somebody that sacrificed our life for us? Because, get, listen, even we got a lot of really good people in here, okay? Imagine a room of really not good people. How much more thankful you are. But the other answer, do you not even fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation and we indeed are suffering justly? For we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And Jesus said, truly I say to you, I sh you shall be with me in paradise today. One sacrifice of Christ is sufficient for you. To just have that little bit of faith, just to have that faith even dying on the cross next to Jesus, when you could say that the man dying next to me is human, he's flesh, he's skin, but I believe. Amen? How many of you today will say, I believe that God can do what he says he's going to do? Amen? One sacrifice of Christ is sufficient enough for you. We only got one minute here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to finish up. But I want everybody to close their eyes and bow their head just for a moment. Because I know I'm not the only person here who has more than one thing. I may be, but I'm doubting it. Again, I know we got a really, a really amazing church and a lot of great people here. But just remember this. One sacrifice of Christ is sufficient enough for you. Could you stand to your feet with me? Thank you, Isaiah. Powerful, powerful word. I love how he used the Old Testament um, foreshadowing of Christ uh, and using the account of Moses, David, Daniel, Ruth, Samson, and Mary and needing a deliverer, a king, an overcomer, a redeemer, a warrior, then obviously the perfect son and just... Uh, how it's a foreshadowing of Jesus. And many of us in here today, I guarantee, many of us in here, we're in need of a deliverer. We need a savior. We need a king who can rule and reign over our hearts, rule and reign over our lives. We need a redeemer. We need a warrior. We need somebody who's going to fight the battle for us. Like he did in Exodus chapter 12, when the when 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 they were rescued from Egypt and the Israelites are sit, are standing right in between uh, the sea and the army, and and God said in in chapter 12, He said, "Just stand where you are." He told Moses, "Stand where you are and watch the Lord rescue you." He's our warrior, and and He was the perfect sacrifice for us. And then He set the He set the example and he said this okay now we know we're not perfect but he said Jesus and if he said it I believe it and that settles it he said 
just as your father is perfect, you be perfect also. Not saying that you walk around in a haughtiness or, or a, you know, like in your own righteousness. But no, but, but Christ's work in you perfects you that you can be who he's created you to be. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for all of the word that, that we receive today. God, we thank you for using your son and your servant to speak boldly and prophetically to us. Lord, we want to be men and women that have hearts that are, that are yielded to you. Father, we want to have hearts, Father, that are surrendered to you. And as we're, as we're just talking about this, I'm, I'm just recall how, how if, if uh, uh, he said, uh, he talked about being a criminal and uh, in the first service he said, well, how many of us have ever broken a law? And, and you know, every single...